0: Hello, welcome to episode 107 of the Colby cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, we're talking about a different kind of storytelling, music videos. MTV launched on Saturday, August 1st, 1981, and the world has never been the same, up to that point, music television meant le- live performances of your favorite band or artist on a variety show or a special of some sort. But that all changed when a channel, a channel dedicated to nothing but music videos came along. It didn't take long for the phrase, I want my MTV to be on the lips of every teenager in the U.S. Recently, I had the pleasure of talking to Ross Hollabin on his podcast, The Excellent Album Cockpit Podcast, about Huey Lewis and the news album Sports. During that conversation, we started talking about the music video for If This Is It, and Ross had a brilliant idea. So, joining me on this episode is, well, pretty much the fourth member of the Colby cast at this point, Ross Holloman. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, how are you, buddy?
0: You're, you're not good. dad
1: this time. I'm not. I'm not pretending to be Caleb.
0: <laughs> no, I mean you're just becoming more and more a mead boy. So I fe- feel free to call me brother. Uh, just don't call me late for dinner. Yeah, I took that from my dad, by the way. If you guys have heard that that episode, you know I'm just stealing things from my dad now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome to be here. Had a blast with you hosting the Album Cockpit podcast, and now that we get to turn this into something more. Because it's always scary when we start talking. You never know what's going to come of it. And the same thing happens with our other friend here in the room.
0: That's true. Because just like on MTV in 1983, the hits just keep on coming. Because (laughs) also joining us for the first time, and I'm asking myself, how did that happen? Is fellow Generation Xer, the host of the fantastic Rebel Base Card podcast, and literally one of the hardest working people in podcasting, Greg McLaughlin. Welcome to the Colby cast, Greg. Colby,
2: it is a pleasure to finally be on here. And I, I can neither confirm nor deny that I scrolled through the entire catalog going, Have I been on the Colby cast before? <laughs> Don't worry, you'll eventually get on there. So I had this little discussion with myself. Am I going to bring it up or not? But no, uh, only because there's been so many great Colby casts. And, I, and what I love about your show is that you can kind of run a gamut. You know, when those of us who kind of do a, a niche podcast, niche, if you will. Uh, sometimes I get a little envious of those who can like, you know, and that's why I like what uh, Jen calls you like the, the Marvel expert (laughs) where you can dive into that and then you can switch gears and talk about, you know, other shows and so forth. And so it's nice. I mean, I, I, I dabble, you know, Greg and I, uh, Greg and I do dabble when we do our breakfast ones, but uh, it's fun because you never quite know what you're going to get on the Kobe cast. And, the one with your dad was probably one of my favorites. I mean, not to take away anything that was the most enjoyable because you didn't quite know what to expect. And I learned a lot. I loved all the LA King stuff. (laughs) uh, And he was great. He was, he was just, he was, he was just marvelous to listen to. So.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely um, a Colby Cast certified classic right there, I'll tell you. And that weekend that I dropped that episode, it was so much fun just because of friends like yourselves and people that listen to the show that reach out on social media and whatnot were giving me such wonderful feedback the, the, the following days after that episode. And I was sending all of it his way because the whole thing just embarrassed him like crazy. <laughs> I mean, he is the best talker I've ever seen in my life. And he would swear to you that he can't string three words together. But we put a microphone in in front of him and told him, "Papa, we're just having a conversation, and it just happens to be recorded. So don't worry about anything." And he did. He shined. I just, it, yeah, it was. It's gold for us to have. Um, so thank you for the kind words and for both of your support. Um, really appreciate it, uh, Ross. You mentioned it. I mentioned it. If this is it, a track. by Huey Lewis and the News. We started talking about this one on your podcast because we were talking about the whole album and you had this brilliant idea. Just share with Greg, because he doesn't know all the details, share with everybody listening, how have we come to the point where we're now going to start talking about 80s music videos because of this conversation that you and I had?
1: Huey Lewis and the News have so many great, entertaining music videos, but the one for If This Is It like, if I'm going to a beach, I think about it because of this little journey that occurs with this wild array of characters that I think you said could really only happen in the 80s. So, we have Huey Lewis at the payphone holding up this huge line. We have, you know, there's jazzer size outfits. There's <laughs> like, we are living the 80s like nothing else. With and the entire band wanted...
2: buried up to their, you know, buried up to their necks in sand. Yeah. And <laughs> like just doo Yeah.
1: Just the, such great iconography, icono, uh, iconic uh, moments from yes. that video. But me wanting to know what the reaction from Luke and Caleb would be if they were watching this. And that's what kind of spawned this. I was like, dude, you, you got to make the kids watch this. You got to make <laughs> the boys watch this. Um, and now it has grown into this other massive thing. So Caleb, Luke, you can absolutely blame me for it. Um, <laughs> homework coming during the summer. I'm such a jerk like that. But I hope you really enjoy these assignments.
0: You know, what's going around in my head right now is another opportunity to make you sing. Because I got you to sing on your last, on that episode that we recorded for your podcast. And we just happened to be sitting next to, at least on a computer screen, a man that you made sing on his own podcast. So why don't you just, Ross, why don't you just belt out a a quick um, Maui version from Moana. You're welcome to Caleb and Luke. Come on, you can do it. I know it.
1: Oh, I don't know that. Oh, come on.
0: Wait, what? Yeah, okay. Well, it sounds like Greg knows. I have
1: kids. (laughs) <laughs> i I watch it once and that's it
0: look moana is one that you could sit down and enjoy i'll I guarantee you i, I oh I, my I, goodness yeah so greg you should you should sing it then since you know i it, don't you're think welcome. i can oh god <laughs> if i did i was I looking at the would. lyrics um oh all you got to say is two things you're welcome that's it if the rock can sing you can sing <laughs> well, all you right just well, nailed
1: well. that pretty well yourself colby
0: yeah so, actually i'm like, gonna defer to that So Caleb and Luke, you're welcome uh, from Ross to you guys, because yes, just like you mentioned, Ross, the, the, uh, an idea grew out of an idea. And the idea that I woke up with was, um, showing these, showing videos to Caleb and Luke, getting their reactions, getting their comments. But if I were just to show them some random 80 videos, that would be boring. So why don't I call on some friends? And we're going to do a part two to this episode because on this episode, the three of us are going to give all of you our Mount Rushmore of 80s videos. And then I'm going to, like Ross said, give those videos to Caleb and Luke, give them some homework and have them watch it. And then they're going to um, bless us with their thoughts and ideas about these 80s videos that uh, that the the three of us have come up with. So without further ado... Let's get into it. Let's get into our Mount Rushmore of 80s videos. And we're going to kick it to Greg first before you give us your first track though. I'd love to hear what your thoughts were on putting your list together. What what was your how could you possibly get four songs and maybe some honorable mentions out of a decade that produced literally thousands of music videos. So, give us a peek behind the curtain and then hit us with your first music video choice.
2: One, I should say, Ross, we should really twist this. If we have to make Luke and Caleb watch videos, then pick up the most obscure, get some Smith's tracks, get some Echo and the Man. <laughs> make them listen to some really crazy stuff. Throw some work in there. Let's go nuts. And then that way, and then the, they won't know it's our favorite. They won't know it's not our favorite. <laughs> and then, the, and then, you they know. become their favorite. Exactly. Yeah, and then you go, hey, dad, I love this. Um, you know, it's interesting when we kind of, When you put out the word on this earlier today, you know, I didn't get in my area, I didn't get MTV for a number of years, Um, but at the time, so this is like, you know, of course, MTV comes out in 81, but because music videos really capture the zeitgeist a lot of other networks started putting together music video shows, Friday night videos. I know USA network had one yep. everybody, even like my local CBS station in you know, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, if you know what um, shoot the director of the Columbus zoo at that time, Jack Hannah, his daughter was like uh, like teen late teen. She hosted a local video show. I think it was like five thirty to six. It was like right before the news. And so everybody wanted a piece of this. And the best way I can describe when I talk about MTV and music videos to, to my kids and and they're, you know, 14 and 21 is that, you know, if you're seeing like YouTube and TikTok where like, you know, like my daughter comes up and goes, you know, that song by Elton John goodbye, yellow brick road. It's, you know, it's, it's like trending on TikTok, but it's like, that's how we discovered music, especially now. Ross lived in a bigger area than I did. And so I lived in a rural area. And so that was only serviced by like, you know, you know, hot, you know, Top 40, you know, country, classic rock, and that's it. And so MTV brought in, MTV and music videos brought in an an entire different world of music. And then you, and then also what's interesting is, is that let's say we take um, acts like Fleetwood Mac, Rolling Stones, what have you, established acts, Bruce Springsteen, right? Where they hit when the music video started up. Is, is our entry point. So my entry point to Bruce Springsteen, to Fleetwood Mac, to you know, all this. And remember, the Eagles had broken up in 79. So the Eagles did not have any music videos in the 80s. Don Henley did, Glenn Fry did. And so my entry point to really Eagles music, other than hearing it, are seeing these guys. And so it's kind of interesting. And we were even talking before we recorded, you know, where we are in the age group. We're not that far apart now in age. But back then where these videos hit and like I said, they start off like, you know, I looked at my list and said, you know what, there's a lot of, you know, good songs that I really like from the eighties, but the music videos were kind of, eh. so I'm not really going to put them down. So to answer to take the very long uh, way to answer your question is, you know, when I started kind of putting together lists and I put this list of about a hundred videos down of ones that I just wanted there to choose from. Doesn't mean, you know, like, you know, I, I could spend the next week and rank them, um, And it'd be a little different. And I would say if you, you know, like, cause there's also like, let's just say there are very important videos. Like these are ones that are tentpole ones of the eighties. They might be someone's favorite, you know, they might not be. And then there's certainly one that now I don't think I could even put on this list because of some questionable content that really didn't age well and was not appropriate to begin with. So it's not in my, it's, it's not on my tops, whatever it's there because of some notability to it but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bring it up as that because I'm like, so it's very interesting when you put this together and then, you know, like we were talking about like years of, right. And so, you know, I, I just, I I immediately went to a spreadsheet and I put it down and I was like, you know, you know, year artist title. And then I had, and then I started to have to go, what does soundtracks, how does that influence me? And so I put us, you know, so I, I I went a little nuts uh, as you can hear. And, and, you know, as we were talking about, But um, I I put it down. I I made some, it's almost like doing a a fantasy draft and I'm going, well, I'll see what's on the table and I'll put it there. But, you know, I think when it comes back to it, ones that you could watch again and again and again, I think that starts to go, all right, that's in a list. But at the end, I'd really love to hear that next set because I think after you get past that four, that five, six through 10, 11, gets super interesting because then it starts getting into... What do you like your individual tastes and like and so forth? And so I think Ross and, and Colby, you would agree with me that, you know, those I could see us overlapping on some. But when you get down to it and that's not what Colby and, and Luke's assignment is, but it's interesting in bringing this up, you know, I, I feel like we're doing a CWK pour over or are, are we <laughs> encroaching or, you
0: know. Well, this entire podcast is just a shameless ripoff of CWK pour over. So I I have no problem and I'm not apologizing for that. But that is the absolute
1: for this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Greg, that's the Colby cast way. I'm telling you right now, just uh, brainstorming through this massive list of 100 songs and seeing what comes up um, and what survives. So I I can't wait uh, to hear that first that first uh, selection hit us.
2: And one last thing: Are we going in reverse order, like, or in this list? Last
0: time I checked, Mount Rushmore, uh, there are four okay, heads okay. next to each other, so there's no one or four. That's just give me a George Washington.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on there because I do think it is incredibly rewatchable. I laugh every time. I love the song in it. I'm gonna go Dire Straits' Walk of Life because I think they nailed it with the, you know, this is a video of basically, it starts off with bloopers, and then gets into highlights from different sports. And so you see everything from basketball to football to to baseball. And you also see, you know, like kind of a it looks like a concert, you know, you know, footage of Dire Straits playing. And it's very, it's very bopping. And, you know, I, I was even showing it to my to my little one, you know, not that long ago. And it's just fun. And I'm like, this is one that's very timeless. It's a great song. It's a great video. And now looking back at the nostalgia of the,
0: of the sports people they got at that time, it's a great video. And it, I love that selection because it shows it it, right off the bat. It kicks off with the the eighties. Basically people just did whatever they wanted. They had all this new technology that didn't exist in the seventies nor the sixties. And, you know, television images were improving everything was becoming recorded more and more and more so dire straits is like you know what let's put a sports highlight video together and intersperse a little bit of our of our live shows it must have been the easiest directed video for anybody right like just get me some good sports highlights and we're gonna cut in a few of your live uh, live shots so it's uh, i i that theme came up over and over for me when I started putting my list together is that the eighties really just, it was almost like the eighties are history's 13 year old going to junior high school saying, mm-hmm. I have all these new things. What am I going to do with them? And that mm-hmm. was the eighties music scene uh, videos, especially. So, well, good way to, to knock that one coming up. The, the lead hitter gets on base with a <laughs> solid, solid double right there, right out the gate. Good job. about you ross how did you put your list together and uh, what's your first track
1: i really uh, this could be a full year long thing for me i i wish we did it by year and said here are all the best ones from 80 here are all the best Mm. ones from 81 yeah yeah i love music videos that much and in 1983 once my family did get cable it never left the television it was On And I knew everything, watched everything, loved every moment of being part of the MTV generation and knowing, you know, that, that man on the moon holding the MTV flag, like it just like, oh, what a great award. Every bit of artwork that they did for it is fantastic. But I wanted to make sure that I kind of capsulized this, especially knowing the audience that was going to see these after the fact. Uh, because the videos in 1989 are a lot different than the videos in 1980.
0: Absolutely.
1: I did a cutoff point at 1985. So Mm. my list is only between 1980 and 84, because I feel like a big jump in production quality happens at 85 and starts introducing just so much else that... I wanted to give the the little the early trend starters their moment in the sun here. So that that's how I started um and whittled it down year-wise.
0: Your self-control is a lot better than mine, my friend, because I could not have done that to myself. You, you just eliminated so many incredible options. But you know what? That's just something we may have to come back and revisit. Why? Ross yeah. needs to talk about 1985. He needs to come back or- on the show. <laughs>
1: It it actually made it much easier for me because then I didn't have the guilt where I have it I have it broken into my four primaries, six honorable mentions, and then six ineligible. Mm. Where I was just like, Oh, these would have been on my list, mm. but they don't fit the year requirement.
0: Mm. You sound like you should put a music podcast together or something. My gosh. Yeah. You I I think you're missing some missing out on something, Ross. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean it's okay to listen to a tune here and there. Yeah. I feel so um we're gonna get to your track right now, Ross, but before I forget to say this, I uh I feel so um cheap now because gosh, wait till you hear what I have to say how I put my list together.
2: <laughs> it is
0: nowhere near the thought and preparation the both of you gentlemen put together. So Ross, hit us with your first track.
1: So I'm gonna start. And also, I'll start with the earliest release of this. And I almost didn't include this band. And that would have killed me. Um, because my favorite video of theirs is actually from the 70s. And it didn't fit my requirements. So instead, we still have The Police. Mm. And this one is Don't Stand So Close To Me. Whoa. So, I can hear it in my head right now. <laughs> wow. I mean, if, if you... I imagine many people know sting with his, you know, much more close haircut and his, uh, he's always had an awesome build and been very fit. Yeah. But when you see him kind of in that new wave and him and Andy and just the whole group there, it's super cool to see them dancing around, not knowing what to do. (laughs) And, and, you know, with a topic that's that's very taboo that they're that they're showing in this video, and I don't want to say too much because I, I want people to be able to watch it and be like, oh, yeah. And as your Sting's lyrics are just always amazing, so as he's talking about this book by Nabokov and what's occurring as the undertone here, it's really intense and it, it's beautiful how he's taken this Russian literature and turned it into a pop song or a new wave song now. And you kind of get to see them act it out a little bit.
0: Isn't that the beauty of music videos? Because it took, now you referenced police had some videos from the seventies, but I would love to go back and watch them and sort of compare and contrast what they then started to pump out in the eighties, because I feel like the advent of MTV and just the, the, the focus on music videos that, started in 1981 changed the way artists approached that their videos, right? It wasn't like just a, a live clip from concerts or something edited together, but it, they started telling stories. They started experimenting with new technologies. Uh, one of my videos is going to talk specifically about that, uh, especially. But I feel like music videos changed the way or even introduced a new form of art for these artists because even though they may not have been directing the videos or writing the 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 screenplays type of things that they the technical side of it they still had to figure out how they fit into it and it just introduced this brand new art form that was cultivated in the 80s and that's just it's incredible it's it really did change the entire world Goes without saying
2: to police. I mean, you're talking about five albums, so it's very doors-esque in in, you know, a very tight, incredibly, you know, amazing catalog. And, you know, they just did nothing but just churn out hits. And yeah, you're talking about words like Um, (laughs) Mephistopheles. and I was like, you know, words I had to go look up as a teenager going, I don't know what that word is. But yeah, it seemed very sophisticated for a three piece. And so these are people that are punching way above their weight and uh, what a great catalog. And, you know, all of a sudden by the mid eighties, they're done, you know, and then you have, you know, and then you have sting doing a lot of great um, solo work. For some reason I have dream of the blue Blue turtles on CD in my car. I don't have a CD player anymore. I was digging (laughs) out the car. And I'm like, why do I have this CD in here? But I have it. Uh, It's a
1: great one. And then, I mean, Stuart Copeland's still involved. I I missed his name earlier as I was, as I mentioned, Andy Summers as well, but Stuart Copeland still does so much great work mm-hmm. production-wise, sometimes drumming. I've seen him guest drum for the Foo Fighters at the Forum in LA. And it's just like, you know, I love the police, so they I, I had to find a way to get them on this list. Yeah, and solid. it was either going to be this or 1983's video
0: for Synchronicity 2. There you go. See, that's the way I love getting in there and cheating just a little bit you still got to add something you wanted to hear and that again is the colby cast i I made my choice i appreciate (laughs) i appreciate that creativity i sure do all right so here is my very very basic way that i put this list together because the call it around a mount rushmore for me is probably uh not being honest i put this together because I want my kids to watch these videos.
2: <laughs>
0: and the, the list could be like your spreadsheet, Greg. It could be 100 hundred songs long. But I did sort of toil over what to put in and what, to, what, what not to put in. I re-watched the videos, and after having re-watched them, I actually, even though they're in their 20s and they're pretty much grown-ups now, I would watch... A video and say, no, I don't want them to watch this. This should never have been on TV in the first place. Madonna, I'm looking at you. <laughs> so really, this list is what I want my kids to watch. And my first track, and you you've heard me say this before, if you've heard any musically themed episode of anything I've ever recorded for any podcast, you know that I am morally obligated to put this song on every musical list I ever create. And that is Ozzy Osborne Crazy Train. You can hear me ramble on and on about this song in great detail on the album cockpit podcast because Ross was nice enough to bring me on to talk about the tribute album. And this video came out as the first single from that album uh, in February of uh, 1987. Um, It's a pretty straightforward video. It's got Ozzy and sort of like a negative kind of um, uh, black and white style but not black and white but like a you know how when you would look at the old negatives now we're really dating ourselves when you look at a, a negative up in the light everything is just sort of reversed the lights are darks, and the darks are light so it's got him standing on a railroad track with some boots and some spurs and then you've got randy's flying v guitar uh, looking like it's coming off the rails and i'll tell you that's all i'll say about the video except that it's um also interwoven between must be hundreds of still pictures of of randy rhodes and ozzy Osbourne, and i'll tell you right now that i modeled my bedroom after this video because i made it my life's mission to buy every uh, musical book like guitar handbook or rock and roll magazine that had randy rhodes in it because every single picture in those magazines and books came out and got put right up on my wall there was not an inch of paint that you could see there were posters and pictures of Randy Rhodes and other things. And it was because oh, and, of and your, your wife loves this room now. Oh, she, she, that's, you know, we sleep in a mural to Randy Rhodes, just surrounded by it. <laughs> well, not to bring
2: it down, but you know, Randy dies in 1982 at the young yep. age of 25, Yep, you know? And so this kid, you know, was a savant, but just yep. taken way too early. Yep. And what an asset he was for Ozzy Osbourne. Um, Absolutely. That's a
0: great catalog. What's so funny is that, uh, the, the video also has certain clips of a live performance. Now, not the live performance that the track was recorded because that was, uh, believe, uh Cleveland was it Cleveland Ohio that that concert was recorded and put in the album mm-hmm. but there is a show or there was a show in 1981 called After Hours and the clips you see in this Crazy Train video are taken from that and they are playing Crazy Train so you get to see Randy play some of the things that you're hearing it's not from that recording again but it is just put together so well as a real quick hey, we're going to give a lot of honor and we're going to make a tribute to this guy and we're going to make him the focus of this Ozzy Osbourne song and video five years after his death, but here he is in all of his glory. So the one thing that did irk me was I found, you can see those after hours recordings on um, YouTube, because I think Ozzy even released them on a a documentary he put together, but they never focus on Randy enough. And when I watched him as an, an adult, I'm like, why are you showing Rudy Sarzo during a guitar solo? He's not doing anything. He's just standing there. Come on, cut to the guy that's playing. <laughs> but alas, we at least we have some video uh, evidence of, of Randy playing. Um, yeah, so that's my first. That's my first video. It it, it really set uh, me on a course uh, going down uh, my adolescence. All right, we're circling back to Mr. McLaughlin. What's number two or um, next on your Mount Rushmore? <laughs>
2: I've I've been kind of going back and forth of taking some of these and mm, there's two I'm kind of going back and forth on. They will be on there if not, but I would say, I don't think you can get this list and not have, especially this year when we're getting a brand new Indiana Jones, you can't get Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf. Not on this list. It's on just about every Um, it's on every like best of, but for a reason it's music videos that, you know, put these cats on the map and they were ready to go. You know, when MTV, you know, debuted, you know, they didn't have a huge catalog, but they did have a lot of English bands that were doing music videos. And actually, um, another podcast hit parade, which is done by slate. Uh, Chris Melanthi does it. If that's not in your podcast playlist, it should be because, they, he's just done some amazing work. Um, he does like the wisest song number one. He writes the article for Slate because I, I, I've i only listened to this, this guy for like three or four years. But, you know, he'll deep dive and it's amazing the connections. And so, you know, and listening to them talk about, you know, like the second English invasion and whatnot, you know, Duran Duran was right there. And they have a slew of great videos. Um, but that's one I think that very early in 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 my zeitgeist of, li- of like seeing music videos, this is some of the ones that really captured my attention. And, you know, I was about, what, maybe 12 when this thing came out. That was like, wow, this is amazing. This is like a movie. And I think it holds up to today. It, it's fun. You know, some of these, like I said, age better than others. But I, I would say... You know, there's two of them, you know, Rio and Hungary, Like the Wolf are probably two of their most iconic, there's m- m- you know, many other ones that you could put on this list. New Moon on Monday, you know, um, and, and whatnot. But I would say this, is, it's got to be on this list. So that's so like
0: I, I referenced so being able to hear something in my head and I can hear that in my head now, but I can't place a video. Is that the one where they're on a sailboat? Rio is the one one where
2: they're on the sailboat. Okay. Uh, Hungry like the wolf. You know, Simon Lebon's kind of doing his best, you know, Indiana Jones where he's going. And, and it looks to me like he's in, you know, Delhi or India somewhere along those lines. And, you know, he's just chasing after this girl and, you know, he's different street markets and things like that. And then he finally catches up and they have this tussle in the jungle. You know, it's, you know, anyway, it it ages okay in some areas, but it, it is kind of interesting. But at the end, he gets together. He's kind of regaling the rest of the band of this adventure. He's got scratches because, you know, uh, kind of this, you know, this. this, well, this it, and Nick and Andy Taylor are going
1: through the bazaar, yeah. showing pictures to kids like, have you seen this woman? And so, so you're not hearing anything they're saying. It's just all the soundtrack, but you're reading the story. And that's the same thing. I thought like this was in my initial top four here. I'm excited. I get to add another one. <laughs> this is absolutely up there, Greg, for all the reasons you said, and just how it brought the storytelling to life. And Duran Duran was so ahead of the times. Mm. They were, Duran Duran was the first band to have a uh, first band to have a music video banned by MTV.
0: Oh, so really, one time girls on film and never showed again. Interesting. And there were a couple of those that came down in years in subsequent years. I did not know that that one had a video number one and that it got banned. Interesting. Well, thanks internet. That's something that you you can't ban things from, from there. Can you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's always a way. I don't think
0: they'll
2: mind watching that one of all the list. It's probably the (laughs) easiest one to get them on board with, but there you go.
0: Well, I was just thinking, don't, Craig, don't, don't of, at
2: me folks. Don't at me
0: because yeah. <laughs> <sighs> of this choice I'm looking for, cause I can't place it. I'm looking forward to sitting there and forcing Caleb and Luke to watch all of these in one sitting while I show. Are you old enough to watch this video? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I may, you may need to have another adult with you when you're watching this video
0: just to make sure it's kind of like, you know, my wife, my wife takes good care of me. Well, she'll, she'll be my chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, that's fair. Ross, what's next on your list?
1: I'm going to go with quintessential 80s. I don't know if it's the 80s and I don't know if MTV is MTV without this video. But Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun. All right. Captain Lou Albano is her dad in it. It is just storytelling. It builds into you know some of her her, her video for the for the Goonies soundtrack song later on a little bit as well. But you're getting to see a, a strong female voice come out and say, hey, you know what? Guys can do whatever they want. Why can't why can't girls go out and have fun too? And it Absolutely. is about that yep. that pushing back, that taking what's ours. And you know what? We should have every right that you have, and we're going to go do it the way that we want to do. We're going to do it with colored new wave hair. We're going to do it with shaved, shaved sides of our haircuts, stuff like that. And I, I grew up in a very strict house. So like, this is, these are the ways that I got to live it a little bit of just like, Oh man, if I could do some of this stuff, it'd be awesome. Um, (laughs) but again, I love Cindy Lauper so much. You talk about a great catalog and someone who's been impactful, not only in the music industry, but just, from a cultural perspective. Oh yeah. And and again pushing that zeitgeist that the 80s had. And yep. Cindy Lauper's it. And this video, she has so many great ones, but this is the one where you're just like, here's Cindy Lopper. Well, this one kicked it, to kicked to be it herself, off, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Greg.
2: Yeah, no, she doesn't have to conform to be any particular you know, type or how or any particular look. She is, you know, she is genuine cindy lopper take it as it is and i like that in a time you know like where you're still you know the swimsuit issue from sports illustrated and so forth through still that that out there you know but she's really pushing back on that going like hey look i'm gonna look like i want i'm gonna dress like i want i'm gonna sing like i want and you know i almost like i don't really care i like that new york kind of attitude about it And, um, it, you like when you're saying when you're, when it impacts somebody that's in rural Ohio and you go, wow, okay, this is something, you know, this is something different. This is cool. You know?
0: So I grew up in Los Angeles. So, you know, there's this, a crossroad of the world, right? You see, and that's one of my favorite things about living here is you, you can go three or four houses in one way or the other, and you can hear three or four different stories out of every single household. Right you get drastically different stories, and the versatility i mean the diversity in this in the city is one of the favorite things about it for me. I am very lucky to have been born and raised here, so I know how that that look uh like Cindy Lauper was introducing in that video. I know how it affected me, but I think about people in other parts of the country greg you you mentioned Columbus, Ohio, my best friend grew up in Cleveland, you know and then moved here and then moved back so i I, I know Ohio um Ross, you grew up in a bit of a bigger city, so I'm sure you had some some of these types of diverse diverse things in there too. But it makes me wonder, you know, how it was received in other parts of this country, and it makes me appreciate the courage and the ability for Cindy Lauper to say, "No, this is this is me, and I want you to make a video about me," because you know she had to make she had to fight that battle too. An artist can't just go and make a video. You have to answer to a boardroom. And she had to fight that battle, I'm sure, in in many different ways. And good on all the people down the line that decided, yeah, this is what we're going to go with. Because it was a look and a, a tone and a feel that we had not seen before.
1: Yeah, there were wins across the board yeah. because of her talent mm-hmm. and the team that put that together
0: okay speaking of talent um i'm gonna go with my next one and i I can't wait to see your faces because you're either going to go oh cool or dang that was on my list michael jackson's thriller
2: Mm, i figured that
0: was going okay and i i think part of the fun parts about making these lists is anticipating what people are going to choose and then not choosing it for that reason (laughs) But I took a flyer on this one, and I wanted to put it out there as as uh, as one of mine because, again, I just want my kids to watch it, and this is going to be one where I will not take my eyes off their face when they're watching it because I'm going to have them watch the 14 minute short film, not the three and a half minute little butcher job they and they've did never on watched it. it? To my knowledge, I do not think so. Wow! wow. Awesome. And. And I can't, I can't wait. This thing came out. Everybody is, I mean, everybody can see the dance right now, in their heads, right? The you mentioned TikTok and these things bringing, you know, songs back. And I remember when the Thriller dance was reborn with viral videos. Uh, when teachers started putting um, a dance routine together for like a Halloween school showcase. Um, I believe there was was the thriller dance one of the things that the prisoners were doing in the prison yard and they (laughs) they remember that that's going a a bit back now like these viral videos, but that's how iconic this dance was. And I mean, this video, as, as I said, a 14 minute long short film, it was played on MTV. You know how many commercials they had to stop while they played a 14 minute long video. It was directed, their viewership was through the roof when they played it. Absolutely printing money. They just were printing money. Uh, John Landis, um, horror movie director, Twilight Zone, uh, is it American Werewolf in London? Directed yep. that movie. Uh, he directed this. <laughs> he directed this video, um, and I love how it sort of like takes the song, and we're like, no, no, no. This video is not about the song. The song's been playing nonstop for a year on every radio station, maybe even twice an hour. We're going to sort of reorder it and we're going to put it in the order we want. We're just going to, we're going to tack on an introduction where there's no song at all and it's all dialogue. We're going to stop it in the middle. We're going to do the dance number with no words. We're going to put Vincent Price's monologue, which appears on the, at the end of the album version. We're just going to put it in the middle of the, of this whole thing. And it's genius. It's genius it's yeah. all genius it's it's uh, it's unreal the last thing that i'll say about michael jackson's thriller is a quick christmas story that i have for a little eight-year-old colby because i received the hour-long video cassette of the making of this video for christmas wow. of ni- in 1983 and i forced my whole family to watch it christmas eve stopped like it stopped and the tape went in the vcr and I'm talking my grandparents were there My aunt and uncle cousins were there My mom and dad, we, they were all there Christmas stopped, Michael Jackson's Thriller viewing started And we sat there and watched this for an hour It ended with the film Of course, the 14 minute film Christmas started up again We finished Christmas Eight year old little Colby went to bed And could not sleep a wink Because I was uh-huh. petrified uh-huh. So uh-huh. scared So <laughs> scared because of this monster this werewolf (laughs) i would not sleep and i thought i was actually going to meet santa claus that night because i literally would not sleep finally you know all the sugar from the the night's revelry uh made its way out of my body and i did go to sleep but yeah that that is um I cannot watch Thriller without thinking about how petrified I was that Christmas Eve. Uh, So yes. All right. Thank you for indulging my, my little nostalgic story there. Uh, Greg, I believe you are next, sir.
2: Uh, I just wanted to add, I mean, when Thriller came out, this was one of those albums and it's going to be on a lot of people's, you know, best of that really crashed through even in my neck of the woods. I mean, that was a huge album spawned lots of hits. And I remember like, you know, like the following summer, it was like, you know, you had Motley Crue and, and Michael Jackson. I mean, probably two different types of, you know, sounds. But people just, I mean, it, that's when you when you really get through. And so I remember when Thriller premiered. You know, it was a big deal when it came down and everybody was trying to get their copy of it. Yep. You know, the, the the MTVs and, then the like I said, the, the other programs that were going to play it. And so everybody saw it and you're just like, and then at the end, you, everybody's kind of, you know, I don't want to spoil it for Luke and Caleb. But, um, yeah, it was... <laughs> When you what couldn't amazing... just hit
1: replay, you had to wait and hope that it, someone showed it again and you were there. Yeah. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. It was, I mean, it was kind of like, whoa. All right. This is pretty serious. Um, but it, a great selection and um, you know, good video. Good video. I've been going back and forth because, you know, you start thinking of like, hmm, I'm also choosing for an audience. And I would say for this next one, because I think I'm going to leave one, I'm going to leave a pick on the table because I got a feeling it might hang up there. But I'm going to throw a curve on this one because I would be sure that they have seen in some way, shape, or form the band I'm going to talk about, which is AHA, right? This, this would be a popular one. And yep. I could choose the one that you're all thinking in your head. But I'm going to say no because I'm going to pick part two of that music video. And... It's one of my favorite songs, and I have a lot of the AHA catalog. I kept listening, and so I have a very deep AHA catalog. But <laughs> The Sun Always Shines on TV is an amazing song that really brings all the, all the synth to, to, to bear. But if you watch the music video, it's part two. It's the ending of Take On Me at the beginning of it. And it's really, and it's one of those things where I I didn't discover it right away, but it's one of those like, you're going, oh, wow, I will not spoil how this video turns out, but I would say that, you know, they would probably have seen, you know, because they're probably going to see Take On Me anyway. And, and it's out there. If somebody wants to pick it, go right ahead. But I want them to see The Sun Always Shines on TV. It's off the same album, Hunting High and Low. And then you'll go, now I've got, you get a little something, something and over two great
0: tracks from a great band boy oh boy do you know how to tease something oh (laughs) my goodness first of all i didn't even know that this song existed it's a title i've never heard that's gonna get a scream you know how i scream in the chat
2: (laughs) your name in all caps
0: for heaven's sakes colby and the fact that it has some kind of a connection to take on me which is on my honorable mentions and not put to the top four because I, I knew we would talk about it anyway. Uh, the fact that this is connected now, I I just want to stop the show and I'll be back in a couple minutes. So you, Ross, just start. Talking. I'll wait. I'm I'll, gonna go I'll, I'll wait
2: right here until you're done watching it. No, and no, no. The song is amazing. Listen to it in the car. When you've got the full, it, it's an amazing song. It builds into a great crescendo. Love it. They are at, you know, and like I said, in some cases, I like listening to that more than take on me. Um, I just think it's, a, in some cases it's a better song, but take on me, you know, is, is the King, right? So. Well, and Love Chris
1: it. Griffin just really couldn't live up to this second video. <laughs> like he did for the family guy version of, of take on me.
0: <laughs> I mean, when something like take on me comes out and it just rockets right to the stratosphere, how many artists have we seen, right? That just experienced that unparalleled success. And I mean, When you when your song and video are parodied or referenced in sly ways in other forms of pop culture, you know, yeah, it's all downhill from here. Why did it have to be the first one? (laughs) Why couldn't we have had two or three years of success and then peaked with this? But boy, yeah, that that isn't. I've turned. I came up with this term on on the podcast that we were talking about Huey Lewis. Right, it's a time capsule, an '80s time capsule video. I feel like here, uh, if this is it, is that I feel like Cindy Lauper's um, girls just want to have fun. Is that, and I think aha take on me is that too. So I'm absolutely thrilled to hear that this exists. I can't wait to go check it out.
2: Colby. I will build you an aha playlist of some of their other tracks and you like it's a, they've got an amazing catalog of work and some really great songs. Um, They were, I mean, they had, they were hugely successful outside of the U S yeah, um, but I uh, through college, you know, uh, Memorial Beach that uh, was their 1993 album. I mean, I all oh, good stuff, and that's also nice when you had them in C, you know, in CD form, because mm-hmm. then you could really crank it, and you weren't getting the some, the the distortion you would get in some cases with analog or cassette, which most of us listened to back in the day.
0: I will be looking for that playlist, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm looking for now is Mr. H's <laughs> next track.
1: Yeah, and here's here's a band. This is from one of my favorite albums of the 80s, just together. Like it's it's another one up there with sports for me, Colby. Uh Greg, I'm imagining that, that you're gonna recognize these guys and know them pretty well. But this is Magic by the Cars from 1984. Like this is the inclusive crowd, the it's kind of mocking all these individuals. Uh, you've got Rika Kasich just being the lead man here. And again, I don't I don't want to give away too much if if the guys are gonna listen to this before they <laughs> see it. Um, but it's super fun and it is it's LA in the 80s in my mind. Um, and I think the cars really had some tremendous videos that they did like for drive for some of the others but magic is the one to me that is kind of that if you watch this you get
0: videos of the 1980s another one that i can't reference in my brain right now not only the video but the song so uh, i i apologize to both of you for that (laughs) but one that i am looking forward to watching it
2: was the it was in the soundtrack for one of the last movies we saw before COVID shut everything down in March of 2020. It was the um, the one and I was just I was like trying to look at it, but it was the one where you had the it was in the fantasy type. It was like a modern day setting but they were fantasy characters and now I'm going to have to look and someone's going to like scream at me. Uh, but it was that was one of the things I remember like hearing and I'm going, I love the fact that they picked that track uh, the Cars' Greatest Hits, 1984, was the first cassette I ever bought, and it was one of those that definitely had that test of like, does it have x number of songs on it for me to be able? You know, I'm not old enough to buy a ton of music, but um, what a great track! Uh, fully, I
1: wore uh,
0: the, out the Heartbeat City
1: yeah, cassette <laughs> that I had. Like, I listened to these guys a lot.
0: You know what's so funny? You say that you wore out the the cassette. I wore out many cassettes myself, but. I don't know about you guys, but it didn't. I never really worried too much about the sound quality going down. I just kept playing that dang thing until it probably snapped or ate got eaten, and then I'd go out and buy a new one. But I just think about my my spoiled sensibilities now, and I think I I watch a channel on TV or I listen to a non HD track on you know on YouTube Music or Spotify, and it's not quite as perfect as others, and I go. Wow, what is what's going on with this one? Let me find a better track. That was never an option. What? <laughs> That's so funny.
2: <laughs> well, and you're going to need a pencil with that cassette because if you if yep. you get that tape out there, you've got to put got to put the pencil in there and then try to get that tape back in its roller, um, you know, before because oh. you, you're like, shoot, I don't have to buy another one. Oh, by the way, the movie was Onward. That's what I was trying to think.
0: Oh right, right the the Pixar movie with the two brothers that was fantasy. That, that was a good movie. Oh. So I have so I have heard this song. I just can't place it in my brain. And can I tell you, Greg? I feel seen right now. I just feel seen with your whole pencil and the cassette deck. You know, I record with my two twenty-something-year-old boys, and they just when something like this comes up, you should just see their faces on the computer screen when we're talking. And I'm just like. Now I wish we had a video podcast so everybody could see the, the stale face that you have on the staring back at me.
2: Kind of like, you know, showing a dog a card trick and then like, (laughs) yeah, try, try
1: teaching a classroom of first year college students where you make a reference (laughs) and you take a step and you're like, wait, do any of you know who they are? (laughs) And you get only blank looks and it's just like, (laughs) ah, I did it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh God, I love having old people on the podcast with me. Just, I love it. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Oh yes, love it. Uh, Right, so the next one on on my list is another big one. It's another big one, but it's Uh so, so, so weird. It's so weird, and I just can't wait to see what Caleb and Luke have to say about it. Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, 1987. Uh, Even as a 12-year-old kid, I remember sitting there on my couch in my living room watching this video going what is happening on my TV right now what is going on and of course it's genius this whole thing is magnificent it is it won awards it was cutting edge but I rewatched it today and um and I sort of live tweeted to myself as I did as I watched this and I and I of course not live tweeted but just in my notes and I'm just gonna read it to you as as I was writing them. Cause so this was my brain while I was watching Sledgehammer today, this afternoon. The first thing: a sperm question mark. An <laughs> egg? Question mark. Extreme close-up of Peter Gabriel. What is this animation style called? A fish just swam into his head. Now he's a fruit and veggie man. Now he's clay. <laughs> um now there's an egg on the stage. Oh, it's a turkey. Let's dance. That, that was That's my synopsis of the video. And don't mistake this for being critical of it, because it is phenomenal. It is, I feel like, another weird time capsule video for the 1980s. Um, come to find out, Ardman Animation, which you may know of from Chicken Run, Wallace and Gromit, mm-hmm. uh, and the Star Wars Vision Season 2 episode, I Am Your Mother... They worked on the stop-motion animation for this video back in in the 80s. I did not know that. And, And Peter Gabriel spent 16 hours under a piece of glass filming one frame at a time. And when asked about people potentially copying the style of the video, he said, good luck to them. (laughs) <laughs> because he sat there for 16 hours and he was, I'm sure, pretty sure it wasn't going to happen because of that. Um, but it's, it's a remarkable video. The song is super catchy and, you know, at the end he turns, he sits down in a chair and he turns into a sort of a star man and he just sort of gets up and walks into a starry sky dancing his way into it. And I'm just like, this is just brilliant. I don't know what any of it means, but it's brilliant. And I love it.
2: I was wondering if someone was going to pick that it, you know, going back to talking about like, you know, artists that, you know, Peter Gabriel, you only later find was in the early incarnation of Genesis Yep. Mm-hmm. with, you know, you know, with, um, Phil Collins. Mike Rutherford and Phil Collins and, and whatnot. And yeah, I, that was, it, that was my introduction to Peter Gabriel. And you're like, mm, okay, that's kind of different. And you know, it,
0: definitely got your attention and it was on a lot. Well, Um, isn't it interesting that, um, that there were a number of artists that that happened with in the eighties because of previously broken up bands and now music videos, solo careers. Um, you know, you mentioned the Eagles, uh, Glenn Fry, you know, he has, he's releasing music videos and to young kids like, like ourselves, you know, you you like this song you like this video you're into this artist and all of a sudden you're like wait a minute this person had an entire life before uh this video what do you mean this isn't the first time he's done something like this so uh yeah the 80s had a lot of that it was fun a lot of fun uh what else is going to be a lot of fun i'm sure is going to be the last pick on mr mclaughlin's list Mm because we have made it to the fourth head on mount rushmore
2: all right um because we have four well I'll save the other one yeah I think that one's a better um honorable mention so I would say one that you know and a great follow up to this and also if they've made it through sledgehammer and you go okay then I think it has to go hand in hand with 1986 genesis land of confusion because Love if it. we <laughs> haven't really screwed with them by now you can say oh and by the way he was with this band who comes off at you know in this video as a bunch of not um, muppet-esque type folks and they were I, I had that up, but it was an English you know English puppet comedy series. Uh, let me look at it if it's I can get there. such an incredible video
1: like the yes, visuals and the political aspects. Yep. Oh Greg, thank you
2: right um from a uk sketch show called spitting image where they would basically do these casts like these really almost like grotesque caricature muppets of you know political figures and celebrities and whatnot and you know kind of do you know kind of like what you'd think uh south park of today or something where it's like a lot of satire or simpsons yeah. and whatnot and in this one you know one it's a great song and i think it's relevant for any decade it's played in. I, I, you know, listening to it recently, you go, yeah, a lot of that, you know, makes sense. Now, depending on what side of the line you kind of fall on, you know, you may not like their their rendition of Ronald Reagan at the time, um, <laughs> but it was kind of interesting to kind of show him a light of trying to like, you know, with the Superman-esque, and if you think about it, around that same time of, as The Dark Knight, where mm-hmm. you had very much mm-hmm. that same iconography of using Superman to kind of like be this political pawn uh, in in Frank Miller's Batman story, you know, here is, you know, Reagan at one point dressed as Superman and, you know, trying to fight the world for us in that case where you have, you know, mobsters and, and, you know, the Soviet Union and all that. And so I think it's very much of its time, but I think it's a timeless piece, but it's also one of those where you go, yeah, this was, you know, this is a crazy video, but you'll never, you'll never forget it once you've seen it.
0: What a solid list. And that is just the perfect capper for it. I mean, Dire Straits, Duran Duran, Aha, uh-huh, and Genesis. That is an A plus list, my friend. A plus and very solid choices. And I can't wait to see, uh, watch them again with the, with Caleb and Luke and see what they have to say. That, that's that's awesome. Thank you, Mr. Hollabin.
1: Yeah. So this this next one's very timely. It is a song that makes me think of MTV. And when I was introduced to it um, very early on and it got so much play and it was the rebirth of an artist who had had a bigger career earlier um, and she passed away today. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Tina Turner with what's love got to do with it. Good choice. uh, Where she is just, you know, she's this fierce, powerful, beautiful woman walking through New York city, singing her song, like having interactions with people. Um, and it's just, you know, it's not something that I saw every day. Um, I grew up outside of DC, um, you know, lived in Prince George's County, Maryland until third grade. So it wasn't like I wasn't in very diverse kind of integrated areas, but seeing this fashionista, this artist walking through, I hadn't experienced anything like her really before, especially in my day-to-day life. Like I had teachers, I had other people in the community that were strong black women, but I hadn't seen an artist like this before that I had that connection with. So, you know, especially being able to, uh, Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf was on my initial four. This was that great excuse to take Tina from the honorable mention number one slot that I had and to move her up there because to me, hearing her music just makes me think like it makes all of us better Mm -hmm. because of how she grew and fought through the trials and tribulations that she had to, to become not only the star, but the role model that she is.
0: Well said. Well said. And I I love the mm. fact that yes. w- we are taking this opportunity to talk about Tina Turner on on a day like today, because legend is it doesn't do it it doesn't do her justice. That word doesn't do her. A legend, she is what legends hope to be, right? She is she's something higher than than legend, and the video, the song that you're talking about. It did couple with her reemergence her re um her renaissance after all the turmoil and all the success that she had in previous in the previous decade and for a young person like ourselves when we were listening to it at the time, I had no idea that she had lived the life that she had lived before this song. All I knew is that the song was fantastic. I remember being in the back seat of my parents' car and it would come on the radio, and it was just so appealing that that voice of hers uh and then when you do discover who she is and what she went through you go back and you listen to that song and you're just like you know we we do these episodes that we call uh, superhumans right we take a chance where the three of us go around and talk about uh individuals that have made a difference a human being that just is a superhuman and she's absolutely superhuman it, just what she, the life her, that she lived um, was just uh, exemplary and incredible and a real inspiration to everyone that takes the time to look to, uh, to find out and learn more about her. So fantastic pick. Incredible.
1: And that leads us back to you. Capitan. Exactly.
0: All roads lead back to Colby. All roads. Oh, bah, boy, the, that's a road to nowhere. I'll tell you. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum-psh. laughs> I'm here all week.
2: You live in um, LA, so you know how to deal with traffic.
1: So there you go. <laughs> Wait, so you, that's the talking heads, right? Road to nowhere. Is that yeah. your,
2: <laughs>
0: actually, I was thinking of an, another Ozzy Osbourne song called road to nowhere too. <laughs> so I, I have gone back and forth with my final pick. Um, and even as I say these words, I'm not sold on if I want to, if I want to actually uh, bring it up, but I guess I'm going to. And, You'll understand when I, when I say it, it's Metallica, the video for one. Ah. Now I thought of this song and I, I had to immediately Google it because I'm like, wait a minute, is this even an eighties video? And yes, as a matter of fact, 1989, 1989. And it occurred to me when I found that out, I I rewatched this almost eight minute long, uh, video it occurred to me that this is just a a big flashing billboard saying we are leaving the eighties now (laughs) 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 because you hear that song and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. This is the godfather of nineties Grund rock. You know, this is the, this is just what the nineties sort of looked at and said, Oh, Oh, I know what that's about. I feel that give me my guitar and let me write something right now. Um, it's, the reason that I that I sort of battled with it is because this an in this is an inc- an incredibly depressing video, and the eighties had its its scary moments. The eighties had its depressing moments, but all these videos that we're talking about, for the most part, they're fun, they're light, they're enjoyable. W- one is not fun. It's not light. It is enjoyable for other reasons. It's really high concept stuff i mean it's another like short film and it would always irritate me because they would always talk over my favorite parts which were the guitars they would have they literally intercut an like old movies with the video of metallica playing their instruments and singing and they told you a story about um a person who was critically injured in the war in a war well, isn't
1: isn't it all specifically from a film?
0: So I don't I don't know, because some of the clips are color and some of the clips are black and white. So I wasn't sure if they took two different films and just sort of created a narrative uh, or if they used one film and and just retold repackaged a, a story. So it could very well be a, the same film. But just because some of them are black and white and some of our color is why I um, I doubted that that question. So this is a it's a protest song. This is a war protest song uh, video as well. It has incredibly disturbing images, and for all those reasons, is is why I sort of grappled with should I put this on the list or not. But ultimately, I settled with it because it did show us what the '80s doesn't always—it's not always remembered for—but there were protests in the '80s. There were there was sort of this awakening as the decade went on getting out of the doldrums of the Vietnam War in the 70s and the way people looked at veterans. And as we got into the 90s, the whole shift of appreciation for vets that didn't necessarily exist through the 60s and 70s started to come about in the 80s and 90s, even more so. And I think that this song has a place in that narrative. It it tells a story not only about war, but also about euthanasia euthanasia was a very hot topic back in the 80s and boy oh boy this is a very um I, I may put this one's not last on the list for the kids to watch but it'll be there maybe i'll, I'll end off with a, a little bit lighter uh video from one of your guys list but an important just get video. them a beer ready yeah okay guys <laughs> get ready for this one but yeah um just a, it's really iconic in its own way uh and yeah um That's really all I have to say about that.
2: Well, no. And I think if you, let's say you not maybe bookend, but if you talk about, you know, like by the end of the eighties, right. Or, you know, like times when videos really kind of took, you know, like a very social cue of like telling people, you know, what's going on and especially in different parts, throw, throw 1988 NWAs straight out of Compton on that list and then put, um, living colors called a personality. Absolutely. And you start to go, Hey, look, there are some, there are some things that, you know, like a lot of folks get introduced to that goes, wow, this is not necessarily something I've heard before. And it kind of gets you a little bit of a social conscience going and it's like, wow. So I would say, you know, yes, you see that in metal in, in, you know, you seen kind of like in this age of where hip hop's starting to kind of become more in the mainstream, but it's like, Hey, There's showing things and this is a way to get a message through to kids. Remember MTV did a lot of rock the vote, right? So they're like trying to show, you know, try to get, you know, mobilize. What is, you know, us as we grew into adults, into the, into the next decade.
0: And And so the the
2: film
1: is Johnny got his gun Mm and it's a 1971 film that became a cult classic in 1989 after
0: being used for the video. Undoubtedly. So it was one film.
1: Yeah. I want to say the black and white parts are flashbacks.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I know some films do that. I wasn't sure if it was this one. So thank you for the clarification on that. Um, just a really, like I said, high concept stuff. And and Metallica was really like, no, we're going to make a statement here. And that's one of the beautiful things about music videos is it gave music, which has always had the opportunity to carry a message it gave them an opportunity to get it to a wider audience, number one. And number two, use that opportunity to, to say something of value. Mm-hmm. Not, all, not every video did it, but it was an opportunity for people to do so. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, that's my list. And I'm just going to zip through real quick my honorable mentions and then give you guys an opportunity to do it. Uh, of course, Take On Me from AHA was an honorable mention for me. Um, like A Virgin from uh, Madonna. Another honorable mention, another time capsule video, in my opinion. Great one. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I mean I could go on and on there, uh, but I'm going to let you guys take the the ball and run with it. So, Mr. McLaughlin, your um, your honorable mentions.
2: You know, in putting together some of that, you know, it's interesting you bring up uh, "Like a Virgin." You know, because that is the second album from Madonna. You know, she and and her first one, you know, Madonna's Madonna in 1990 or 1983. You know, she was breaking through. And yep. you know, like a Virgin has one of my favorite songs from her, which was material girl. Yeah. And I really liked the video as well because she did, you kind of did a Marilyn Monroe, like from, what, from some like it hot. Yep. Uh, there, there's a chicken there, but there you see, you know, Madonna. And she has like what a catalog itself, but a, a great video. She had a very good handle on making good music videos. Um, I can't believe this is on an honorable mention list of mine, but how do you not put in Prince when doves cry? Yes. Uh, great song great film um but also amazing video as well um i'll just let me throw another one in here. this was on one that i was really tempted to bring up but it was also i think a top video uh don henley boys of summer
0: yes um yeah.
2: you know it's, it's it's you know it's kind of black and white he's just kind of you know head out of a car as he's just kind of going along um and let's see, one of the last ones, and I'll throw this one. This is this was just on there. It was always seemed to be on the cusp, but it's a music video that I just remember very well. Um, I would say, "True Faith" by New Order, great video. Kind of comes out of nowhere, it, it, like again some of that you know Second British Invasion stuff, but. Uh, just really something that it just, it just sticks in your mind and it's a great beat. You know, like I said, nice palate cleanser for Luke and Caleb to kind of go, oh, this is a little more, (laughs) it's strange. It's weird, but it's got a beat and you can dance to it. So there you go.
0: Absolutely.
1: If my, uh, if the first, the first four that I put in were my first line, my second scoring line here for the honorable mentions, sweet dreams are made of this by the Eurythmics. Yes. Annie Lennox, brilliant. Dave Stewart's always great, but Annie is just a gift. Authority song by John Mellencamp. Mm. Uh, You know, I don't know that he gets enough credit. Like he was the punk rock of the Midwest and like the real corn area. Mm. Midwest, not like (laughs) Chicago where you're getting a punk scene. (laughs) Like he was like country punk is more and more. The more I read about him, the more that I learn about him. And I've always been a fan, so excited about that. And Tom Gross will be breaking down a John Mellencamp album with me soon. Um, Ooh. The two others, Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. All right. Talk about storytelling. That's a great, fun one. Yep. And then every summer, like this has been in my head a lot recently because every summer as it comes up, I think of Cruel Summer by Bananarama. I
2: like getting Banana in there. I like it.
0: That song, I, I, I had the great opportunity to sit down with the CWK Pour Over Boys, uh, Dan, Tom, and Corey. And the subject we talked about were best uh, soundtracks, or top five soundtracks. And um, I literally wanted to talk about that subject because of that song. Because I think that is one of the, if not the most perfectly placed songs in any movie ever. It just hit every single note, pun intended, for um, Daniel son and his whole ordeal he was going through. But, you know, don't get me started on Bananarama, Cruel Summer... Although I will add this, if you haven't watched Cobra Kai, and I'm not caught up on Cobra Kai on Netflix, they have a sort of a remake of that song that they place in an equally impressive place in their TV show. Absolutely unreal, the placement of that song. Unbelievable. Um, As you guys are giving your honorable mentions, they're just things going off in my brain just you know a uh, dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince um the bangles uh you know just all the all the bangles like you just put them all in, in there you know hazy shade of winter is the one i'm thinking about right now but oh, um best. my goodness uh yeah the list goes on and on and that just is a is a testament to the uniqueness of that era of that decade it was sort of like a perfect storm of music meets video. You know, TV was not a new thing in the 80s. Um, some of you kids may think it was, but it wasn't. Uh, but it had never been used like this. It had never been utilized like this like by the music industry. And it I mean, I think it changed the face. It was like one of those ticks in the timeline of, his, of history where like, okay, we have to stop here and talk about music videos in the 80s. And then you go on in this wonderful historic... Um, uh, lecture.
1: Colby, I think there is one more that you need to add that was prior to the 80s, but the first music video ever played on MTV. Mm -hmm. Video killed the radio star by the Buggles. How can you not bring it up?
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I remember it was 79,
1: so it didn't fit the parameters, but I think it introduces the parameters pretty well.
0: I mean, the whole subject is because of MTV, really. So why can't we, you know, we can make an exception there. So uh, absolutely, I'll make a note of that. Um, but You're welcome, Luke and Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing I would like to make a note of is to thank both of you very, very much for coming on and talking about this. You guys didn't disappoint, nor did I think for one second that you would. I really appreciate you guys taking the time i know it's late where both of you guys are i i want to thank you for taking um that the, the extra time to stay up i'm on the west coast i could do this for another couple hours you guys aren't <laughs> and i appreciate the fact that you guys are maybe approaching or past your bedtime um also i'd like to give you both an opportunity to shout out your work your great work so greg tell uh tell us where people can find you online tell us a little bit about the rebel base card podcast and a um also, a tip of the hat to Dr. Greg Cass, your frequent co-host, when you guys are talking about Star Wars series. Uh, so the, sh- the show is yours, sir.
2: Yeah, I was going to say I might use my time to continue to comb through this list as I was going through, but I would say we I think we did a <laughs> pretty decent job of getting a nice sample, right? You don't want to overload them, and then, then, then they won't want to listen to anything ever, uh, ever again. But, uh, what a, what a great exercise to go through and it was fun. And sometimes, and like, you're going, oh man, I don't think I have that in the catalog. I'm gonna have to add that to the, uh, to the playlist. Um, especially, you know, especially thinking of Tina Turner today and, uh, yeah. you know, one of the living, which was from Mad Max beyond Thunderdome yeah. and what a great you know piece and also, you know simply the best I'm going to end with that with, uh, with her, but, uh, yes. Um, shout out also to Greg Cass, uh, who him and his family, I think are in a uh, galaxy's edge and we've been getting uh, pictures from that. And I uh, hope they had a, uh, by the time they hear this, have had a great uh, Disney vacation. And, uh, Greg and I uh, had a, f- a lot of fun uh, on the rebel base card podcast, doing uh, both bad batch and Mandalorian, uh, having, you know, you both on at times, uh, Jen and I and Greg, I think we'll be breaking down some visions uh, once we get clear of many events, um, nice. but it's been fun to listen to everybody talk about uh, visions. And uh, as our podcast family continues to grow, it's really fun because, you know, if, if I don't hear you on CWK or here on, on the album Cockpit podcast or Colby cast or whatnot, it's fun when people get to mix and match in my ears and I go, oh, it's nice getting all these different uh, opinions and takes. And so anyway, I'm going on and on and on. But uh, you can find me on the socials, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Hive, uh, at Rebel Base um, currently still trying to edit this uh, massive, uh, massive galaxy 30th anniversary um, episode, which I did with uh, I had, you know, three or four hours worth of material uh, to celebrate the Star Wars galaxy release in 1993 celebrated its 30th anniversary in April. And of course, we have Return of the Jedi that also. So we have a 40th anniversary special I've got to uh, cut and record and whatnot. But thankfully, we still have some time left in the year so we can get to that. So stay <laughs> tuned for some podcasts, uh, some more breakfast. It's really fun getting uh, getting everybody on there. But uh, this this is fun as well, because I do a whole lot less work when I'm a guest on somebody else's podcast. I'm all for that.
0: And now you all know why I called him one of the hardest working people in podcasts, because <laughs> <laughs> you have no off button, sir. And the podcasting world is better for it. So thank, thank you for you. all of your efforts. Ross, how about you, sir?
1: Yeah. Well, outside of getting the awesome opportunity this weekend to hang out with Greg and our, our friends, uh, the Daft Prawns. Yes, for a, for a con this weekend, we, we get that bonus uh, seeing everyone in person. So we're excited about talking about the CWK family and all of us. Uh, very much looking forward to that in a couple days here. Uh, but as far as reaching me, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Holobin, R-O-S-S-H-O-L-L-E-B-O-N. And then I host the Album Cockpit Podcast. And I am 15, 16 episodes in now breaking down a music fan's favorite album or impactful album. Um, Colby's done a great one. Greg, we have coming up soon with a fantastic album uh, featuring our beloved Bob Mould. Yes. And, you know, just looking forward to doing it. It's teaching me new music. It's allowing me to deep dive into things that I don't know, but then, you know, having Colby come guest host So that I get to talk about an album that I love from a fan perspective. So uh, celebrating people doing amazing work and the impact that it has on our
0: lives. Thank you both uh, again for coming on the show and also uh, all the thanks for what you're doing for the podcast world. As I mentioned for Greg, the same applies for you, Ross. You guys are both positive voices, good people the integrity that i've learned about you guys throughout our relationship and our friendship that has grown really since um celebration of last year uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, previous to that, but really we all got to know each other very well through Celebration and since, And you guys, uh, you mentioned it, the community, th- that's why we do this, right? We're just, we've talked about it before, Ross. We're just a bunch of friends and we got microphones in our faces. We record it and share it with some other friends. Uh, and hopefully we can bring some smile on uh, smiles onto some pe- people's faces. I know both of you guys bring a smile to my face quite a bit. So keep up the good work and thank you both again for, for joining me. Um, so unless there's any, final 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 thoughts i'm gonna wrap this up and thank everybody for listening to this wonderful episode i know i've enjoyed it i hope you guys have too so for greg and for ross this is colby reminding you don't stand so close to me you can find the colby cast on twitter and instagram at the colby cast if you're wordy like me you can send an email to the colby at gmail.com Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated.
2: That'll do, Donkey. That'll do.